We're going to spend some time looking at the Bible together. So the Bible is a collection of sacred writings of letters and psalms and poetry and history that we believe Jesus speaks through. So we spend time every week studying it together to listen to Jesus, to listen to what God has to say to us. We're in the Old Testament in a series in Ecclesiastes. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it up to Ecclesiastes. It's right in the middle of your Bible. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter one, we're finishing up chapter one this week. We just introduced the study last week. Um, So finishing up chapter one, Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we've got some under the chairs. You can grab one of those and turn to page 553. And if you don't have a Bible at home, you're welcome to keep those. We have extras. Uh, We'd love for you to have one that you can read at home. um, So you can keep that with you. Um, But if you have a Bible at home, you know, leave it here for the next guy. So, uh, So 553 in those black Bibles, it's Ecclesiastes chapter one. Um, Ecclesiastes is a little bit of a downer. Um, and so I'm wearing a bow tie just to help us get over the hump today. So just in case people were wondering what's going on, what is that guy's deal? I'm just trying to bring a little levity into the morning here. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter one, we're going to be in verses 12 through 18 and I'm calling it sons of Adam. Um, I've started now working through my sermon uh, and giving kind of a rough draft to some of the pastors and interns uh, Thursday afternoons when I'm kind of ending my regular work week. I mean, they gave me some good feedback. And Chris, our worship pastor, was like, man, I think you should really talk more about Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and all that. And I'm like, yeah, Chris, great theology, but that has nothing to do with this text, right? Um, but he convinced me. I was studying the text some morning. I was like, no, the phrase sons of Adam is actually in the text this week. Um, so it's really helpful to have artists around who intuitively figure things out that you don't see on a first reading. But there's this phrase, sons of Adam, that doesn't appear in most of the English translations because it says like people or humans or children of men or something like that. But in the Hebrew, it's sons of Adam. And so I want to take us back to the very beginning of this book. Our first stories in this book are about God creating all things good. He made everything perfect. He made the world in this perfect beauty, and he made human beings in a really glorious way. Human beings have this incredible capacity for good and for beauty and for art and for truth, and God made us this way to reflect his glory. That's our purpose, to image God. But the story tells us that there was this turn where Adam and Eve wanted to do and know in a way that was independent of God. Adam and Eve, just like us, wanted to have things and enjoy the blessings of creation apart from a relationship with the creator, apart from submission to him. And the way the story goes is that is what broke the world. That is what plunged us into this reality that the author of Ecclesiastes says leaves us on the ground, feeling around, trying to make sense of this world, but grasping after meaning saying it's chavel, chavel, everything is chavel. That's the Hebrew phrase that means vanity or mist or futility, it's this vapor. Last week I I blowed some bubbles in here, right? So you could get a picture of, he's not saying it's completely evil and terrible. What he's saying is it's not lasting. It lacks substance, like mist, like vapor. The parallel phrase he uses again and again and in our text today is it's like grasping after the wind. I mean, the wind is great. We enjoy wind, especially when it's a cool breeze, right? But you can't hold on to it. You always need another breath. You always need more. It's never enough. And that's the condition we all share as sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. We are locked out of Eden. We're on the outside of paradise, even in Texas, guys, okay? I know that's hard for me to say. I'm a real Texan, but even Texas is not Eden. It's not paradise. It might be the next best thing, right? But we are 
we're on the outside, right? We all live in this broken world where we're just like fumbling around trying to get things back to the way they should be. And that's what he's talking about in our text today. As a matter of fact, I wanna, I wanna read this other, y'all are getting a bonus quote that the nine o'clock service didn't get. Um, this is uh, an unbeliever, a comedian, Louis C.K., talking about what this is like. What is it like? What's this feeling we all have as human beings being outside of Eden, the sons and daughters of Eve? He says it this way. Underneath everything in your life, there's that thing, that empty, forever empty, just that knowledge that it's all for nothing and you're alone. You know it's down there. And sometimes when things clear away, you're not watching anything. You're in your car and you start going, oh no, here it comes. I'm alone you know, it starts to visit on you just this sadness. Life is tremendously sad just by being in it. And that's from a comedian, right? Um, That's the kind of feel and vibe that Ecclesiastes has. But I wanna reassure you before I read our text this morning, there's a deep sadness here and that deep sadness drives us to find hope. Where this book is going, the end of the matter Ecclesiastes chapter 12, he says, what is left for us but to trust God? We have nothing else, so we might as well try God. Fear God, keep his commandments. Know God, do what he says. So as one of our elders says, this is kind of like building theology from the earth up, right? It keeps saying under the sun. It keeps saying under heaven. So we're trying to like build meaning in this life. We're starting from the ground up and it's It's pretty hopeless, but eventually we come to the point of saying, you know what? All that's left is for me to trust that God is there and he loves me. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter one, verses 12 through 18. I, the teacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to examine and explore through wisdom all that is done under heaven. God has given people this miserable task to keep them occupied. That's that sons of Adam phrase, given humans, given the children of men, the sons of Adam this miserable task, this hard work to occupy ourselves with. So verse 14, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun and have found everything to be futile or vanity or meaningless, a pursuit of the wind. Verse 15, what is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, see, I have amassed wisdom far beyond all those who were over Jerusalem before me and my mind has thoroughly grasped wisdom and knowledge. I applied my mind to know 